This is the Food Factor Podcast, the show that talks about the connection between your health and what you eat or don't eat. I'm your host, Stephanie Mahachek, clinical nutritionist, health coach, science nerd, perma student, and mother of four. I love dogs, babies, and most of all, talking about all things health, wellness, and the weirdness of the human body. Thank you for being here. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Food Factor Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Mahachek, and it is the middle of summer at the time of this recording, yet I don't know if you noticed, but back-to-school stuff is already in the stores. Actually, it was in the stores like well before the 4th of July, so uh, it's, it's beginning to be that time of year again, and I wanted to spend a little bit of time today talking about specifically to those of you who are going off to college. Now, if, if that's not you, or maybe you have a college kid going to school, and you maybe you have some concerns about their health, I have to say there is so much nutritional tips that I could talk about. Um, but what I wanted to do is, just to make this as useful as possible, I want to talk about a few nutritional deficiencies that are very common in specifically freshman college students, but really any college student. Um, But I wanted to kind of focus on that today and talk a little bit about how you or they could spot signs within themselves that maybe there's some nutritional deficiencies going on. And also I want to take a little time to talk about how to eat balanced when maybe you're in the dorm or maybe you're in the dining hall or you know you're out on your own if if i don't know if any freshmen stay in like their own houses off campus or whatever um but there are definitely some some concerns that a lot of parents have but also a lot of students have a lot of them nowadays do not know how to cook they don't know how to shop for food they don't know what they're looking for And when you pair that with freedom to make your own nutritional choices and food choices, it can turn unsupportive relatively quickly. So I wanted to throw out a few tips. So if you, again, if you are a college student going to school for the first time or maybe returning for a second year or whatever, or if you know a college student who's going this year and you want them to listen to this, make sure that they, uh, that you send this to them. All right. I want to start this conversation with a little story about my own college experience. Now, picture this if you will, depending on where you're listening to this from. I went to college, my undergrad anyways, in one of the coldest parts of Minnesota called Duluth. And for people in that area, you kind of know that this particular college, the University of Minnesota Duluth, has what's called tunnels. So you don't have to actually step foot outside in the dead of winter. You can literally make it from your dorm, walk through the hallways. Their tunnel sounds like it's like lit by a torch or something. It's not. It's like a hallway. Um, But you can walk through the hallways and get to any part of campus that you pretty much need to get to, any, any classes, whatever. So as a college kid, this was pretty awesome because you didn't have to put on shoes if you didn't want to. You could walk from your dorms to, to class and back and not have to go out in the frigid, frigid cold in the dead of winter. What this also did, though, was create massive vitamin D deficiencies because most of us didn't get, go out and see the light of day, actual pure sunshine, for months on end. Now, 
This isn't the case for other colleges around the country, I'm assuming, especially some now that I live in South Carolina, some that are down here where it's bright sunshine, you see college kids out all the time getting some good fresh air and sunshine. But these are some of the, the things that different students, depending on where you're going, can face. So deficiencies in, in a lot of things, like vitamin D and, and other nutrient deficiencies, tend to creep up on kids without them even noticing because you're so focused on your schoolwork. You're so focused on your social life. Maybe you have a job. Maybe you have five other things going on. You don't notice like, hey, my magnesium's kind of dipping a little bit. I might, I might develop a deficiency. But my goal here is to get you thinking about your total overall health when you're at school, um, but also how to hopefully combat some of those deficiencies that you can see. Now, again, if any of you went to school with me in college, you are probably like, this girl is the last person who should give advice. But now that I have been educated on nutrition and health coaching and all of those things, you know better, you do better. But as a 18, 19 year old college student, I was definitely not the pillar of health. Let's just put it that way. And, you know, experiences in the dorm room, experiences with the dining hall, experiences with living on your own, it's all very exciting. But if you don't know how to feed yourself, you don't know what a balanced meal looks like, it creates a lot of problems relatively quickly. I am not going to spend any time today talking about the freshman 15 because one, I think that's quite insulting. Two, there are so many layers to that that goes way beyond, oh, you just had too much ice cream from the dining hall. Um, so that's a whole nother topic of itself. If you have concerns about that topic, though, please reach out to me. I'm happy to talk with you about it a little bit more. But I wanted to make this particular episode a little bit more focused, one, on some of, of the possible deficiencies that I've actually seen a lot in college-age kids and um, how you can kind of spot some of those deficiencies in, your in yourself based on certain signs and symptoms. Um, now, I have a, another little story to share. I had done a, a presentation at one of the local colleges here uh, with a friend, and it was very apparent that these 18 or 19-year-old football players did not know how to crack an egg because we were teaching them how to make scrambled eggs in the microwave in your dorm and doing in doing so we had a little demo and they were like here you go crack this egg we'll show you how to put it in the microwave and do the thing and these eggs were being busted left and right <laughs> a lot of them did not know how to actually crack an egg which was very eye-opening i was like okay let's start back with the basics now so those are the kind of things that some of the college kids going into school now are facing they literally don't know how to crack an egg and it'd be I'd be curious to actually take a poll on how many do you know how to do basic, you know, kitchen things like that. But, um, but you know, if they don't know how, that's okay. This is, you know, these, these are teachable things. It's all right. So, all right. Anyways, that was a, just a little story that I like to share. Um, so let's talk about common issues that I have seen in college age kids as far as nutrition goes. Um, huge huge potential for B vitamin deficiencies. Now, for those of you who maybe have a little bit of nutrition background who listen to this podcast, why do you think that is? B vitamin deficiencies. If you said alcohol, you are correct. So B vitamins help to 
get alcohol processed out of the body. It helps to, um, it's one of the, the nutrients that are heavily depleted in alcoholics, uh, but even like the occasional binge drinker or somebody who just socially drinks or whatever, they can be depleted of, of B vitamins. So B vitamins deficiencies are seen a lot in college kids um, because we tend to get B vitamins from things like meat, meat sources. And what's super expensive is meat. And a lot of college kids maybe aren't getting enough meat sources or B vitamins. B vitamins can be found in a lot of places like vegetables and and things like that, nuts, seeds, all those. Um, But we tend to see the the B vitamins be a little bit more uh, deficient in most college kids. Also fiber. That is probably a shock to no one that, um, you know, fiber is really, really low in a lot of college age kids um, because, you know, like most Americans, they're not getting enough fruits and vegetables and maybe they're not doing whole grains or um, especially those who have gluten issues and they cut out whole grains. They also are cutting out fiber unless they're adequately replacing it with other foods. So fiber is another one of those things. And when you're stressed out, when you're living in a dorm, when you're living in a house with, uh, with a couple other friends or whatever... Um, bathroom habits are incredibly important to track. Of course, if you tell that to an 18 or 19 year old, they probably won't do it. But fiber is one of the key things that help keep things flowing and moving. And it's definitely deficient in most Americans, but also in college age kids. Uh, Vitamin C is another uh, nutritional deficiency that you can see a lot. And vitamin C, again, maybe they're not getting as much fruits and veggies as they were when they were at home. Or the other thing is vitamin C is really important at neutralizing sugars. So if you go to college and you're drinking a lot of sodas, you're drinking a lot of energy drinks, you're drinking a lot of sugary coffee beverages, whatever, drinking a lot of alcohol, uh, vitamin C gets depleted rather quickly because sugar and vitamin C kind of compete for the same entry into the cell. That's a whole other topic, and I believe I've covered it already in, in previous podcasts. But vitamin C can get deficient pretty quickly. And then you have a dip in things like your immune system, um, your skin elasticity. Vitamin C is really important for collagen development. So um, you can start feeling a little bit weaker. You can notice like your skin kind of isn't as bright as, as it once probably was. So that can be all related to vitamin C. Vitamin C deficiency is relatively easy to combat. Like you just need to get uh, more fruits and veggies in. Um, but, you know, it's not unheard of to see vitamin C deficiencies in college age kids. Protein is another one. Protein is one that, again, meats and fish and, and foods like that, which people tend to associate with protein, it's harder to get those sources when you're living on your own because those types of things are very expensive. Now, there are things like protein powders and nuts and seeds and all those things, um, but protein is something that um, unless you're adequately like paying attention to it, it can sometimes be uh, lacking in, in many people's diets, specifically women aren't getting enough protein. Um, essential fats are also another thing that are... Uh, deficient in a lot of college age kids. Essential fats are are coming from things like um, olives, olive oils, avocados, uh, nuts, seeds, fish, all those types of things. And there's, it's so important to get those essential fats. Essential fats are the precursors to hormones. It's, it helps with uh, joint cushion cushioning and um, energy and, and all of those things. So a lot of times we're, we aren't getting enough of the essential fatty acids. And then I already kind of mentioned, but Getting an excess of sugar and alcohol and energy drinks and coffee drinks, that's very, very nutritionally depleting because your body has to process all of those things. It doesn't mean that you can never have that, of course. I mean, come on. But 
but it means if you're getting an excess amount of that or your 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 meals or your quick grab and go snacks or your skipping meals and just getting sugary snacks those types of things will deplete your body of nutrient stores relatively quickly again because you have to your body has to process it out so it uses things like b vitamins uses things like vitamin c and iron to help process and and filter out the sugars and and the more so the derivatives of the sugars um, and the alcohol and the energy drinks, but it it is very taxing on your system and it, it requires a lot of nutrients to do that. So if you're thinking like, well, how do I know if I have any deficiencies in anything? So what I look for as a clinical nutritionist, when I'm seeing somebody in person or I'm seeing somebody on Zoom or I'm talking to somebody, we'll go through some of these things. If I can't see it myself, we'll kind of go through some of these things. It's called a nutrition-focused physical exam where I'm really looking at different signs. It's not diagnostic. It's not like, oh, I see you have this, so therefore you have that. It's not a diagnostic tool. It's more used as a way to put pieces together to see maybe is there an absorption issue? Maybe are you just physically not getting enough of certain things or kind of it helps us to kind of paint the overall picture. So take a look, number one, at your skin. Is your skin dry? Is it kind of ashy or or miscolored? Um, is it you know flaking off? It, those are all signs that you are potentially deficient in essential fats and you might need some vitamin C. Um, so those are really important things to pay attention to. Your hair is also another thing. So if your hair is um, kind of brittle or dull in color, it's it, you know it's not shiny. If it's falling out, um, a, a lot of people associate hair falling out with you know being stressed and different hormone uh, shifts, which of course it is. Um, but you know one could argue that those are also related to nutritional deficiencies, but they're tied to hormones. Um, but really, it could be a protein, a sign of that you need more protein. If your hair is like, if you can kind of like pull lightly on your hair and they call it pluckability, if your hair is a high pluckability rate, which means that it doesn't take much to pull it out of your head, um, then that could be a sign that you need a little bit more protein, possibly zinc as well. Um, and then take a look at your nails. Are they chipping? Are they brittle? Do they have ridges and grooves in them? Are they misshapen? Um, you know, how does the health of your nails look? Again, those are uh, tied to things like biotin. It's also tied to zinc and protein and essential uh, fatty acids. So a lot of things can kind of be tied together. You kind of look at what is the tissue. So if you if it's like more skin or epithelial tissue um, versus like uh, like bone or, you know, muscle tissue or whatever, different nutrients are really supportive for different tissues. So that's kind of how I look at things. So your skin, or I'm sorry, your nails, um, if they're chipping and brittle, that's a big sign of protein. That's a big sign of zinc, sometimes magnesium as well. So those are things to kind of take a look at. Um, other less physical signs, it's more feelings would be fatigue. Now, college kids are tired. <laughs> and there's a host of reasons why college kids are tired. You're not getting a lot of sleep. If you had a roommate like I did in college, I mean, or actually I was the, I was a loud roommate. I'm not going to even place it on her. Um, but you know, you're not sleeping well, possibly maybe you're going to bed really late and getting up for early classes. You're exhausted because you're stressed out. You're pulling all nighters. You're studying, you're partying, whatever. There's a number of reasons why you could be fatigued, but nutrition is a big one. So if you are not getting enough iron, if you're not getting enough protein, if you're not getting enough energy developing nutrients like B12 and you know B1 and certain certain B vitamins, 
that already puts you in a state of fatigue. And then you couple that with not getting enough sleep, you know, not moving your body, all of those things, stress, all of those things. Then it's just this massive, perfect storm for fatigue. So fatigue is definitely a sign of nutritional deficiencies, but it's also, it's not the only sign. Nutrition is not the only sign of fatigue. Um, And then headaches. So again, headaches can have multiple reasons why someone gets headaches. So things like hydration is usually the first place to start. Are you getting enough water? Is it good filtered water? Um, And I say filtered water because going into some of these old dorm rooms, and I know that they have like water bottle filler uppers and and whatever, um, but think about the pipes. Are the pipes up to, (laughs) are they newer pipes or is it an older building that possibly has some like gunky, you know, water in there? So are you getting a lot of additives in water without even really knowing it? So getting one of those like Brita filter uh, filtration, you know, things, um, or just like the pitcher with the filtration thing in it can really be beneficial. Um, so headaches, but like also, are you getting enough, you know, food? Are you actually eating enough? If people go into this state of hypoglycemia where their their blood sugar crashes, they can get headaches. They can get cloudy thinking and brain fog and, and all of that because they're not actually eating and they're not getting enough glucose or carbohydrates. You can get headaches. Um, also, are you getting too much of foods that are processed? That can cause headaches. So a lot of fried foods, trans fats and foods, food uh, colors and and food additives and preservatives, a lot of those can cause headaches in people. And so if you're, you know, eating one way at home and then you come to college and you're getting a lot of like less expensive foods that maybe have a lot of those processed added ingredients in there that you're not used to, you can develop headaches from that. So it's something to definitely keep an eye out for. Um, If you are noticing that you're sick all the time, like you go to school and, and all of a sudden you got like, um, stuffed up nose, or you feel like you have allergies, or you're just feeling run down, maybe you catch the flu, maybe you're repetitively sick. Again, that links back to, are you getting enough vitamin C? Are you getting enough zinc? Are you getting enough magnesium rich foods? Because those are the kind of the precursors for some of your immune responses. And are you, um, is your immune system suppressed because you aren't getting enough nutrients in? Uh, also irritability. So again, there's a number of reasons why you could be irritable, but are you getting enough food? Are you getting enough nutritionally dense foods? Because when we are hangry, we can get grumpy, of course. But if you are also deficient in certain things, that can cause your uh, your your body to just feel irritable and you're not thinking clearly. You have maybe a lack of focus because of the fact that you don't have some of those key nutrients. Uh, essential fatty acids are so important for brain and cognitive health, as are other nutrients like magnesium and zinc and selenium and, and so many other things. Um, but if you're not, if you're skipping a lot of meals, or if your meal patterns are off because of your new schedule or you know different things going on, then that is something to, to pay attention to. Maybe you simply need a snack at, at strategic parts of the day. If you can't get to the dining hall or if you're, you know, your schedule doesn't allow for you to eat a certain meal at a certain time, can you, can you bring some snacks with you that will help um, balance out your blood sugar, but also give you some of those nutritional boosts that you need throughout the day? So those are just a few. There's, there's so many more, but those are just a few that kind of popped into my head. And, and I'm loosely just I, like to get ready for this episode. I just jotted a few bullet points down because these are the ones that popped into my brain the soonest. So there are obviously so many more that we could dive into. So again, if you have questions on that, or if you're feeling a certain way and, and you know, you want some specific answers for what you have going on, please reach out to me. So you may be asking, well, how then do I eat balanced when I'm in the dorm? So I'm focusing on the dorm just because a lot of 
people uh, going into college for the first time will be staying in a dorm. Not everyone, but most. So um, I'm not sure what the rules are in certain colleges, but if you're able to have things like crock pots or Instapots or um, blenders for smoothies, not for any other blended drinks, um, but those are some of the things that, those are some of the tools that you could think about having. Obviously get it cleared. I don't know what's allowed. Um, but but using some of those can really be helpful for making like bigger batches of things like oatmeal or um, shredded chicken if chicken's on sale or, you know, making some pretty quick, hearty meals that you can just simply make um, in your dorm. Um, also looking at things like soups, you know, canned soups. I'm not a huge fan of canned anything just because there's lots of BPA and different, you know, things in the liners, but we're talking about a relatively short amount of time, you know, for a, a few months or whatever that you were in the dorm or, or a year or what have you. Um, but in the grand scheme of your life, this one little particular moment, I wouldn't worry as much about the canned products. If you can find things in a jar or you can find things fresh, amazing. That's great. Always go for that. But if your budget allows only four canned items, I'd rather you have the canned items, like the canned vegetables, than no vegetables at all for this short-term, kind of relatively short-term period of your of your life. So just know that there can be exposures to, to different chemicals within the can liner. But if you are just like, I just need to get some, <laughs> some fiber, I just need to get any nutrients in, then I think that that's a good choice. But looking for things like veggies in a can, definitely rinse off anything. So go to the sink and uh, take a strainer and kind of rinse off anything that comes out of the can just with some water. It helps to remove any of the additives or any of the, you know, sodium or, or things that they put in the can to preserve it. Um, but things like beans, veggies, chickpeas, those types of things are all really great in a can and you can store them in your dorm room. Don't forget a can opener. Um, also, you know, fruit cups or, or fruit pouches can really be a good grab and go thing. First thing in the morning, just grab a, you know, a little cup of mandarin oranges. Again, try not to get the ones that have, you know, the syrup in there or the gel. That stuff really grosses me out. But, um, but just try and get them in either natural juice or water if you can. And if you can rinse those off as well, that will help to uh, reduce any of the extra sugars or things that are added to those. Um, but those little pouches that a lot of times like toddlers will have, but those are great. Don't underestimate the power of those like fruit and veggie pouches um, because we call them squeezies, but um, they are a great way to just grab and have like a quick serving of fruit or vegetables first thing in the morning or, or as a snack. Um, also, you can get those packs of tuna that are like really thin packed tuna, not the cans, although you can get the cans, but they're like little pouches of tuna and, and it's just like freshly packed tuna in these little uh, pouches that you can get and you can make like a quick like tuna sandwich or tuna salad or something like that, um, which is a great source of good protein and healthy fats. Um, and your roommate may not like it because it probably smells, but you know, the, the point is, is you're gonna get the protein and that. And, and I would just say, don't rely only on tuna just because there is a little bit higher mercury in there. But if you're having it like once or twice a week, that's a great way to add some protein and some healthy fats in. Um, and really when you're in the door, or I'm sorry, when you're in the dining hall or whatever they call it now, um, take a look at your plate. You can really do what's called the plate method where you're making half of your plate fruits and vegetables, a quarter of your plate, some sort of protein source. So whatever, if they have meat, they're great. Or if they have beans or if they have something else that, that is more of a protein source to put in that quarter spot. And then a quarter of, you know, um, 
grains or carbohydrates or even like a starchier vegetable or, or um, some fat sources, something like that, um, that's where you can kind of put that into that plate. So um, basically it's like when you're looking at your plate, you cut it in half, half of it's fruits and veggies. The other half is also then cut in half and you're going to have a quarter of protein and a quarter of like whole grains or, or nuts or seeds or something like that. Um, and that really does help you to get ensure that you're having a balanced meal. So obviously that's not going to be perfect for every single person. Maybe you are particularly one who needs more protein. Maybe you are particularly one who needs more fat sources, whatever. But that is kind of a way to start and just ensure that you're not just getting an entire plate of protein, for example, and no vegetables or an entire plate of carbohydrate sources and no, you know, protein. So just making sure that you're getting a good amount of, of each. And you can really do that for any meal. Uh, I mean, breakfast, you could do half your plate, more uh, fruit and, and vegetables. You can get veggies for breakfast. A quarter of the plate is going to be something like eggs or, you know, sausage or something like that. And then another quarter could be like a bagel or um, a whole grain pancake or whatever. So it doesn't always have to be for dinner, but it just gives you an idea. It gets you thinking about basically the three macros. Are you getting enough protein? Are you getting enough fats? And are you getting enough carbohydrates or um, sources of fiber, which is the vegetables and the fruit? Now let's talk a little bit about snacking too, because snacks may be the key for some of you college kids. Because if you're, if you have classes that run through say lunch or something like that, you're not going to want to just completely skip meals because that will make you exhausted. It will, it won't allow for you to think clearly and, and be attentive in class. Um, so sometimes adding a snack in is, is the perfect uh, way to make sure that your blood sugar doesn't dip. So snacks on the go would be things like trail mix or other nuts and seeds, you know, sunflower seeds, pumpkin seeds, um, nut butter. So if you don't do peanut butter, I'm not sure what the rules are in colleges now about peanut butter. I know a lot of like, elementary and middle schools, you can't have peanut butter, but other nut butters or um, things like sunflower seed butter, um, are usually allowed just because there's there's no allergens, as many allergens tied to that. But spreading some sort of nut butter on things like bananas or apples, having those on hand to kind of tie those two. Again, if you look at what that is, you're mixing a fiber, which is the apple or the carbohydrate, which is the apple or the banana, with a source of protein and fats, which is the nut butter. So it helps to bring that balance together. You're pairing it together because that will give you one, the staying power of that snack versus having a snack that you're hungry again 30 minutes later. But it also helps you to absorb the nutrients better because a lot of those nutrients or some of those nutrients rather are fat soluble nutrients. So that means you have to have a source of fat with it to help absorb them. So just something to think about when you're, when you're pairing things together. Um, also, salsa. <laughs> Let's not underestimate how amazing salsa is. There's very usually very little additives in it, and it's full of veggies, and it's a great burst of nu nutrients, nutrition. You can pair it with things like cut-up vegetables or even tortilla chips or, you know, uh, rice crackers or whatever. Um, you can also throw it in a bowl with an egg in the microwave in your dorm room and create like a little, like, amazing breakfast with egg and salsa on it, or just make the egg in the microwave first and then top it with some salsa, whatever. But it's a nice burst of nutrients that um, is really fresh. So don't, and, and it's relatively cheap, right? Like it's a jar of salsa is like a couple bucks, that's it. So also popcorn. So popcorn, I wanted to spend some time talking about popcorn because 
a lot of, of college kids will get like the microwavable popcorn in the bag. And those bags are just horrendous for your health. They have so many gross chemicals in there that like basically that sprayed on butter that's all along the inside liner of the bag. The liner of the bag itself is full of toxic chemicals. It's not great. A simple way around that is you buy a jar of the uh, popcorn kernels, which is a lot less expensive than the microwavable bags. And you get a, a bunch of those brown paper bags, like typical lunch bags, and you can put a couple of tablespoons of the kernels into a brown paper bag and you roll it up and then you throw that in your microwave for a few minutes and it will pop just the same. And then you can add your own additive. So some people will add like cayenne pepper or whatever. If you like it spicy, you can put drizzle a little bit of melted butter or ghee or whatever you put on there. It's a little bit of salt or whatever, but it's a lot healthier and a lot less additives and chemicals if you make it kind of natural that way. Also they have on Amazon, one of my favorite things is this thing that kind of looks like a coffee pot that you put kernels in and it pops it for you. It's like a microwave popcorn popper that you can easily put in any microwave and it makes it again without any of the added chemicals and junk that you'll see in the in the microwave bags. So something to think about, something to put on your dorm room wish list, if you will. Um, but I can also put a link to that in the show notes if you're like, what in the world is this lady talking about? So uh, again, popcorn, great, great source of fiber, nice little healthy snack, and it's easy to make. So let's talk a little bit too, real quick about how to save money when you're on your own buying stuff. So for, again, if you are, if you have like the dining room pass or whatever, and you're, you're eating more in the dorms, this may not be as uh, applicable to you, but if you're more on your own and you're, you're trying to make ends meet with, you know, very little budget for money, or I'm sorry, for food then a couple of things you can think about. So one, batch cook if you can. If you're visiting home, make sure that you make a giant bag of you know shredded chicken or that you can put on salads or you can put in wraps or you can put on, uh, mix it in with things like eggs or whatever. Um, and, and that way you'll have it for the week or, or big things of chili or, or soups. I know space is limited on some of the things that you have and like freezer space and stuff like that, but um, but those are some of the things or, or a big, huge bag salad um, that you can put in like mason jars and pre-chop a bunch of veggies to have with or have hummus with it or whatever. Uh, mason jar salads are really great for that. Um, they keep for about, you know, four days or so. If you don't put anything like tomatoes or, or really watery veggies in there, they can keep for, uh, you know, almost a week. So um, making a few mason jar salads with just simple bagged lettuce or bagged salad is, is great for that. Also stock up on things during sales, but really know your grocery store. Some of the grocery stores, especially around college colleges, will have student discounts. So it's definitely worth an ask to the cashier or the manager or whatever if they do student discounts for certain schools. Um, and then a big, big thing that people often overlook is talk to the produce managers when they get new produce in. They almost always will discount unsold items right before a new shipment comes in. You'll see it, it says like manager special or whatever. It doesn't mean the food is bad. It just means that they're about to get a whole nother shipment of the fresh stuff in and they're trying to get rid of this stuff. A lot of times I'll see like bagged lettuce or uh, spinach or things like that that's like, a dollar because they're trying to get rid of it when normally it's like $4.99 and you can find organic stuff too which is even better so really if you can kind of time your shopping trips right you can get a lot of great produce at a, a pretty good discount um, and then if, if in this period of time if you want to go more meatless because protein sources are so expensive like meat and fish um, 
that's okay. You can make a lot of great dishes with beans or lentils or even tofu, which is far less expensive than meat and fish. So my biggest tip is just know the signs that something is off. So whether it's your digestion, which is pretty easy to determine if that's on or off. Um, So if you're noticing constipation, if you're noticing diarrhea, if you're noticing anything is just off with, with your digestion, that's a big time to tune into maybe why. Is it hormone related? Is it stress related? Are you not getting enough water? Are you not getting enough fiber? You know, all of those things would be where I would start with that. Or if it's the flip side and it's diarrhea, again, is it hormone related? Is it um, stress related? Are you, if you have diarrhea chronically, which means, you know, if you're having it frequently, that means you're not absorbing some nutrients and that's going to cause you to be depleted. So it's definitely something to figure out the source of. Um, And pay attention to your energy. Is your energy tanking? Is it because of stress? Is it because of lack of sleep? Is it because of too much alcohol? Is it because of too much sugar? Or are you simply not eating balance and that's causing your energy to take a, a nosedive? And the biggest one is your mental health. Making sure that if you notice any any changes to your mental health, if you're moodier, if you're sadder, if you're more anxious, if you're feeling any of those signs, mental health often gets overlooked and just kind of brushed to the side as, oh, they're just stressed out. Oh, they're just a perfectionist. Oh, they're just type A, whatever. It can be related to your nutrition. There's a huge connection with the gut and the brain. If your gut is off, it can throw off your brain and and how your brain is is functioning and how your mood is. Um, Most of the neurotransmitters like dopamine and serotonin and GABA and all of those, they're tied to the gut. So if the gut is not in a healthy state, it can throw off those neurotransmitters and cause you to take a nosedive in your serotonin, which makes you feel sad and hopeless and depressed. So if you're noticing any changes to your mental health, it is definitely worth it to talk with a counselor and it's definitely worth it to look at your nutrition. Are you getting a balanced diet? Are you depleted in nutrients? It could be something, a combination of the two, but definitely worth noting. So uh, the moral of that story is all of those things, your digestion, your energy, your mental health, all of that can easily be related to what you are or aren't eating. So whether you are getting too much of something or you're not getting enough of something else, or maybe you're getting too much of of different toxins or whatever, it's definitely worth noting and taking a look at. You know, before it turns into a big problem, try and tune in to how you're feeling each day and make sure you are aiming to get at least one balanced meal with a whole bunch of other balanced snacks in there as well. So hopefully this was helpful. Again, this is just a few of the things that kind of came to my mind when, you know, somebody asked, can you do an episode on college kids and nutrition for college kids? I was like, yeah, I'll just, I'd be happy to put that together real quick. I wanted to get this out sooner just because I know a lot of, of kids are gearing up and getting ready to go. And some of the colleges in my area are already, the students are already kind of coming back. So Uh, I wanted to get this out there. Hopefully it was uh, helpful enough. I also put everything I just talked about in a little bit more into a free guide. So it's something that you can print out and have or give to your college kid or print out and have in your dorm that just kind of walks you through some of these things that I just talked about as as a way to remind yourself and kind of um, make sure that you're, you're, you're doing some of these things. So you can find that uh, in the show notes below, I'll also throw it on the freebies part of my website at foodfactorynutrition.com and the freebies tab up on the top. So feel free to download that and print that off if you would find that helpful. So again, if you have requests for 
episodes, this was a request that came to me uh, in my DMs on Instagram. So if you have a, a request or a topic that you would like me to cover a little bit more in depth, then please reach out to me. I'm happy to do so. And like always, if you have concerns about your own health or the health of a family member, uh, please reach out. We can set up a free consultation to talk a little bit more about what's going on with you, what what some of the things I could help with are, and see if we are a good fit to work together. Also, if you are starting at a school, a college, or uh, any school really, if you'd like me to come and talk with your class, your group, your team, your kids, your students, whatever, uh, reach out to me. I do that. I, I set that up and I do different presentations based on the population. So I'm happy to do that as well. Just reach out to me. You can send me an email. All right. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Food Factor Podcast. It is my personal mission to help people make the best food choices that they can for their particular situation. So if you found this episode helpful, I would be so grateful if you would share it with a friend or a family member or somebody who needs to hear this information and also leave me a review. Those are the things that help get this podcast seen and heard by more people who could use the help as well. I really appreciate your support. Thank you so much for listening.